Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast, Kevin AC, Padres beat writer, but not for the next two days. I mean, I'm taking that, I'm taking off that cloak, Jay. Jeff Sanders is in Seattle um, to watch two, let's be honest, not very good teams right now. Uh, Jay Posner, Sports of the Union Tribune. Jay, what do we, uh, you know, we've reached the point that felt, uh, feels a lot like 2018, where we're not real interested in this series just on its own. That's different for this season. No, it, it is. And, and what do you mean you're not in Seattle? <laughs> who, who, who approved this? What is going on here? You're not on uh, a. You're not on it. You gave up a road trip to one of the great cities in the country. Something must be going on. So. Well, it is. Uh, it, it, we are two thirds through uh, the season. Uh, went to Seattle in the year, as a matter of fact, for those exhibition games. Those were thrilling. Um, <laughs> and you know, at, at some point, you got to take a step back. And uh, and I think it's a good time to take a step back because. Uh, Look, I feel like we're at, uh, I don't know, uh, the tipping point, the turning point. Uh, the, the rest of the season really does feel like a look forward to me. No, I, I agree. I mean, I, I think at this point, and, and it really did, I'm probably, look, be honest, a couple of weeks ago. Yes. But, you know, last week you had sort of the interest of, of playing the Dodgers, and uh, it was certainly a an entertaining series at times. Definitely not the way it ended for the Padres and uh, and their fans. I mean, you don't expect after everything that went on in that game and whatever was was goofy and messed up and everything else. The Padres had a ten seven lead, and they had Andres Munoz and Kirby Yates lined up, and yep. and they could and they couldn't win. I mean, that that's that's one of those things where it's just and, and you kind of got this sense like after Munoz got in trouble, well, you still have Yates with a one run lead and everything, and it, it just didn't happen. And it's kind of a a little bit of a microcosm of the season where, you know, even when things are, are going well, something something comes along and sort of, you know, messes them up. And, you know, Yates had his problems against, has had his problems against the Dodgers this year. Munoz wasn't going to be perfect in his career. It You know, it didn't help that uh, after a great defensive play by Hosmer, who has not made some great defensive plays recently, but did make one there, uh, you know, the second baseman who's supposed to be so reliable – Urias makes an error, and it just, it just all... come in for that purpose, right? Right, and and you know because Garcia, let's be honest, he had messed up a couple yeah. plays in the series as in in recent games. Great Garcia as would well. be starting at second base for somebody if he could play defense, right? Right, and so. and look, and I don't, I had no problem with playing Garcia for a couple days there. I mean, it, there's no reason that that Urias couldn't get a break, and you certainly didn't want him playing against Maeda with the numbers. Why not play Garcia? He's been very good against uh-huh. right-handers. It was a good and time to no. give Urias a little bit of a break, and then he came in and, and you know, probably tried to make a play that he couldn't have done anyway in terms of, you know, just get one out there. Obviously issues with uh, Mejia and Yates, or maybe it was no. Yates and Urias. I mean, who, who? it was kind of hard to tell who Kirby Yates was yelling at. But he, uh, he he wasn't very happy. So real quick, I guess we should I should ask you what was your read on that situation there at the end of the game with an obviously angered Kirby Yates? Clearly, frustration with with, with Francisco Mejia. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's tough. I mean, you know, uh, teammates want to protect a guy, and certainly after the game, that was the uh, you know the message was you know. But he is doing his best, and, and Kirby Yates could, as, as Kirby Yates does, as well as anyone, uh, you know, be self-critical. Uh, he, you know, gave up a couple, uh, you know, good hits, and, you know, he wasn't his sharpest. But 
uh, he and Eric Hosmer did do enough to get out of that inning. And, you know, so uh, this is an issue here. I mean, Francisco Mejia had three hits. If Francisco Mejia could just be kind of better, I think you might have your catcher answer. Just like if Austin Hedges could just hit kind of better, then you'd have your catcher answer. But that's like... Those are like gigantic ifs, and they seem to get bigger all the time. The catcher issue is, is a big deal, um, and it's, it's, it's a bummer for the Padres because they have the best defensive catcher. Now it's not just like, oh, we're just saying that because we're in San Diego. The metrics support it. Um, your eye test supports it. He, he is the best, Austin Hedges, but he also is hitting 200, so that's a problem. Uh, Francisco Mejia, you have so many things there. You have the, uh, you know, his defense just isn't very good. There are lapses where it's awful, and then there is just the built-in communication issue. Now, can that get better? Sure. Um, he's not ever going to be Austin Hedges in terms of the, you know, the empathy and, and just the care level. It's just, and I don't mean that as a bad thing. It sounds like I'm saying Mejia doesn't care. It's just that's not ever going to be there, but let's stop measuring him against Austin Hedges. But I, I honestly think they're going to continue to look for a catcher in the offseason. That's, that's a problem. Right, and that kind of takes us to what we had, uh, said we would talk about today, which is sort of spinning it forward a little bit and and looking at where this team is looking for next year. And, and catcher yeah. is a position where it seems like they need to improve. You know, first base, they're whatever, you know, my opinion or anybody else's opinion of Hosmer, <laughs> he's he's going to be the first baseman. He's Look, he's, he's had a pretty good offensive season. I don't think anybody could deny could deny that and he he had a huge obviously a huge uh, game on Sunday with the with the grand slam and he's his RBI total is I think 75 right now uh which is pretty good for for early August and he's he's been a much better offensive player than he was a year ago I still have serious doubts about his defense he can be very good at times as he was in the ninth inning he can also be not as good uh I I have never put any stocks in stock in gold gloves, certainly since Derek Jeter started winning them. Uh, and what I've seen from Hosmer makes me wonder if how he won those gold gloves, or maybe he was just a lot better then, or maybe he got a reputation and that's what carries it along. But he does have lapses at first base and sometimes tries to do a little too much. Sometimes it pays off. It did in the ninth inning. But look, he's going to be the first baseman. Who's going to be the second baseman on opening day next year? Is it going to be Urias? Or are they going to make a deal? What? I, there's no way to predict that now, but how do you read? Because obviously shortstop and third base are taken care of for many years to come. Where where do we stand at second base? Well, it's one of the positions, uh, just like center field and a corner outfield spot uh, and catcher, where they looked into things last uh, month. I don't think second base is something they necessarily came close on, um, but they'll continue to look there because – Whoever's coming up in the system is more than a year away. And, you know, they're emphatic that 2020 is, is not acceptable to be at this level in 2020. In 2020, in August, we still need to be talking about, like, the wild card lead or, or you know, right there in the wild card race. That's the thinking of the Padres. So, um, you know, Luis Arias, it is way, way too early to be giving up on him. But in the context of what I just said, which is based on what the Padres are saying, which is their contention window starting next year, this is where you get into some problems. It's like, it's not fair to lose this, uh, to say, and it would be unwise to say, oh, that's a bust. But wait a minute, like the developing guys at the Minnesota level have to stop. 
So right, <laughs> yeah, right. they they can't they can't do this. Um, now Luis Urias uh, had I think maybe there was a hitting streak or certainly was an on base streak. Uh, that's I'm more confident in that. <laughs> He's getting on base uh, better, uh, and so well that's cool. And his defense has been good. Um, so let's not overreact to a terrible play on on Sunday. But you know, also, what is he hitting? You know, one ten or something. Uh, it's not even worth me knowing what he's hitting. It's so bad. Right. So, yeah, they're going to continue to to look there. I'd say, Jay, let's you know, we could start with where they set. Hunter Renfro is going to be in the outfield next year, and I believe he's going to be essentially an everyday player. You named Machado, Tatis, uh, and Hosmer. After that. Kind of interesting that right. they expect to contend next year. Exactly, when you've got four four positions that are basically <laughs> yeah. that are basically open. I mean, unless you're unless you're going to buy into Margot, and I, I, you know, let's see what happens over the last part of the season. I would I would like to see Margot play almost every day from here on out, and 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 have Renfro play almost every day, and then you know use Myers and and Naylor and maybe Jankowski if he's back up uh, here pretty soon. And and use that left field, maybe left field position for that. But I really think this is a good time to find out about Manuel Margot. And and you know he he got hot again at Dodger Stadium. I think they said on TV he has more home runs at Dodger Stadium this year than any other visiting player, uh, which is something. Well, I think in his career too, right? That, which that he's yeah. more against them. So um, he's been great there. But let let's see him in the lineup. You know, over these last uh, I don't even know what is it forty five fifty games. That, uh, that one ten, so fifty two. Fifty two. Yeah. Okay, so these last fifty yeah, fifty two so. games. Let's see him out there for forty five games or something, and let's see what you know. Let's see what there is. Let's see if he continues the improvement that he's shown uh-huh. at various times this year. You know, the other spot we talked, I think, on one of our most recent podcasts. You can't trust Will Myers. You know, even he could have a great last two months of the year. And are you still going to? I think you mentioned. Are you still going to go into next year thinking? Wow, this is the Will Myers that we're, we thought we would be getting when we agreed to pay him twenty million dollars in in twenty twenty. So that's a that's a an obvious spot where uh, of need at this point because I don't think there's anyone. You know, Taylor Trammell's not going to be whatever the Padres think of him. <laughs> he's not going to be ready right. next year to play on a team that they want to contend. So that's those are the those are the key spots right now. I would think. It's too many spots, Jay. Mm-hmm. I mean, every, almost every one of these guys, we could say, you know what, you can go into next year with Manuel Margot if Will Myers wasn't a question and Luis Urias wasn't a question. And oh, man, you know what? Yeah. Will Myers is so has such an upside. You could go into next year if he, if he finishes strong and you're like, okay, fine. You know, we'll go, Will Myers is such an upside. We'll take Will Myers next year. Well, except for you have all these other holes, and you can't you can't have four potential spots in your batting order every day that are out, and 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 so that is why they need to shore up a couple of those in the off season, um, or at least be confident, like Manuel Margot, who I think probably right now, and you know what a huge Bill Myers guy I am, uh-huh. but right now Manuel Margot is your surest bet of all those questions. The, he's the one you go. You know what? Maybe we can trust Manuel Margot, and I agree with you that we got to find out by the rest of the, the rest of the year. And here's the deal: in, in the Padres are getting to a point. They just need a couple more. They've got Tatis. They've got Machado. Those are two superstar level players that that 
playoff teams have, but they need more of them. They, you can't be going in every day. Now, Jay, all that we've said about the position players, they scored 10 runs on Sunday. It was their first time in, a, in over a month, almost a month and a half that they'd done that. Jay, the pitching to me is still the big thing. And now you got Garrett Richards walking off the mound last night with some shoulder tightness and evidently that's something he's had before. So, does, you know, uh, I'm assuming that, uh, you know, Jeff Sanders is going to find out more today, be it, you know, he covers uh, the minors and also he's the one in Seattle. Um, but, you know, Garrett Richards, who is going to come back uh, in uh, at the end of August and maybe be a, a big part of their rotation next year. Um, Denofa Lamette pitches tonight in Seattle. You know, gosh, can he get it together in terms of the command uh, and be a big part of the rotation? Uh, Chris Paddock, I think you're, you know, you're safe there saying, look, this is going to be one of our go-to guys next year. Um, be Joe Casey, maybe. Uh, you know, I still say, Jay, the pitching is, you know, this team would have uh, a better record this year and a better outlook if <laughs> you you could add a few more dependable arms there. Well, there's no question, and and the we haven't you didn't even get into the bullpen, which is where no. there were so many issues this year. I mean, even with some of the starting, uh, some of the guys that you know we saw as starters that maybe sh- probably weren't ready to to start. I mean, certainly Margavichis, although he he did throw some decent games, but. Um, you know, with everything that happened with the rotation, they still would have a few more. You could say they'd still have a few more wins if the bullpen had pitched better. Now, what happens with the bullpen? Kirby Yates, you know, we talked about about him. He's been fantastic. Sunday aside and a, and a couple other games against the Dodgers aside. For the most part, Yates has been, has been lights out. He's got one more year left on his deal. We talked a little bit last week about a uh, possible extension for a year or two, which would, you know, tie him to the Padres or make him... Uh, uh, also a favorable trade trade candidate because he'd be under control. Craig Stammen is a free agent. Uh, I, I think Stammen's been, you know, with three or four obvious exceptions, if you look at Stammen's game logs as opposed to his overall numbers, his game logs are pretty impressive. I think I texted you the other day when he gave up the home run. I think it was his only the second home run he had given up since that four-home run debacle, something like two homers in 23 games. Um, so, or 23 outings that he had had, but he's a free agent and he's what, 35 years old. He's 35. He'll be 36 at the end of next year. What I would say right now Mm -hmm. is if you believe you're a contender next year, if you, if Craig Stammen and he does want to stay now, what does that mean in terms of what are other teams willing to pay? And he will have opportunities because as you said, he's still a very viable reliever. Uh, and those, you know, the guy's been put in a bunch of difficult situations. And so if we're talking about three or four that he's blown, uh, it's a pretty good season for Craig Stammen. If you think you're a contender next year, you make an effort to re-sign Craig Stammen at least for a year, and maybe you have to give him two um, because, you know, if you got Andres Munoz, if you can get Gerardo Reyes right, if you've got Trey Wingetcher right, and you're only pitching Craig Stammen in – you know, medium leverage situations, I, I think that's something you at least need to try to do. Right, and I think Munoz is a big key, and, and look, he didn't he didn't fare well the other day, but until then he hadn't he had been fantastic. So uh, I think he's another guy that I, I would love to see, and I think the Padres would want to see this. They want to pitch him in high leverage situations over the mm-hmm. over the next couple of months and see what see what he does. Up until Sunday, he he had been Let me tell you he'd something. been really good. 
Andres Munoz too. That was a bad. That was bad. So anything I'm about to say is not an excuse. It was it was his first bad outing. He had a leadoff walk, but he gave up an infield single. And if I'm not mistaken, that inning could have got disastrous. The Dodgers, who that day brought Cody Bellinger, Will Smith, and Justin Turner off the bench. Right. That's a pretty good team. Um, he got Justin Turner to get out of that inning. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Or at some point, it was either the second or the third out. That inning. For a 20-year-old kid who's out there at Dodger Stadium getting rocked for the first time, he, that he got out of that inning, I think, was fairly impressive. Yeah, no, I would, I would agree. Uh, I would agree with that. And again, you're not going to hold one bad outing against a guy like that. I mean, no, no reliever is is going to be perfect. We've seen it from from you know Mariano Rivera to Trevor Hoffman on down. I mean, guys are going to give up runs, um, and that's going to happen. You know, the the key is in the middle there. You mentioned Wingenter. You mentioned Reyes. I mean, Jose Castillo has pitched really well for Elsinore uh, in the last couple of weeks, and I would I would think we'd see him uh, up here very soon. Um, you know, I, I'm sure I'm forgetting a couple of other potential guys uh, in the middle, but that that's where the key is. Is they've got to if you can have Munoz in the eighth and Yates in the ninth, and and Stammen, Mick, if you resign him, he's in there in the sixth and seventh the way he was the other day. Uh-huh. You know, if you find one or two other guys, then I think you could put together a pretty good, uh, a pretty good bullpen. I really, you know, look, <laughs> relievers. It is an impossible situation. You basically have to be Kirby Yates, who has you know been you know so stellar to to earn the forgiveness of of fans, media, you know, whoever, mm-hmm. when you have a bad outing, right? Like Kirby Yates is the only guy in that bullpen. Maybe Andres Munoz because of how crazy, you know, how awesome he was his first seven appearances. Right. Uh, where you, you know, you have a bad day and people shrug. Uh-huh. Other than that, you know, Trey Wingunner pitched a perfect seventh inning yesterday, or I mean on Sunday at right. Dodger Stadium, right. two days or three days after getting destroyed. Um, that's kind of impressive, but. You know what? His job is to do that every single time. And so, you know, uh, Trey Wingen is a pretty darn good pitcher. And now, should, do I think he should be your closer or your eighth inning guy? No, but he's a he's a potential um, viable member of of your uh, of your bullpen. I'm all this stuff that we've said that sort of sounds like, oh man, we these two guys must think the Padres are far away. I, for one, Jay, see some pretty um, easy fixes. But the Padres have to be aggressive about doing them. I do think the contention next year is a likelihood and certainly a possibility. I am not of the thought of, oh, this record and, oh, these results mean that the Padres are so far away. I absolutely do not believe that. I do think there are. The point here for me today is that there are some some pretty significant uh, and aggressive uh, fixes that need to be made. I, I would agree. I would say right now, I would say, I think you mentioned both likelihood and possibility. I would right, <laughs> right now I'm on the possibility side <laughs> as opposed to the likelihood side. But again, we're, we're, we're talking today on August the 6th, you know, the season that we're talking about, whether they contend or not is, is March 29th or whatever the date is next year. That, I haven't even looked it up, that the season starts. So we are many, many months away, and I would assume many, many moves away from a final roster for, uh, you know, for the start of 2020. But uh, are they far away? No, I don't, think they're, I don't think they're far away. But they are far away if they don't get a couple fixes. And I, I think yes. a couple of the positions that we talked about, you can't go into next year with four, half of your position players being question marks, you know, the way that uh, 
the way that they are right now. And you can't go in with the, the rotation being all first and second year pitchers, which is what it's been for pretty much this entire season. So I think it's not far away, but it's not, I wouldn't call it around the corner right now either. Uh, but huh. I, I think, you know, we've laid it out for, for the front office here. We've told them exactly where they need <laughs> to go and, and get some help. And so now, you know, it's up to them, right? <laughs> we've done our part, Jay. Right. Whatever, you know, clap my hands together. And I'm done. And, uh, and of course, we, you know, we left out the, the biggest part, which is the managerial situation, but we don't have six hours to uh, to get into the, to what's going on there. I, I think, you know, again, I, I don't know that Andy Green's a good manager. I don't. I, I certainly don't think he's a bad manager. A couple of moves mystified me over the weekend, but there's also moves that have been made that you know have resulted in in a lot of positive results as well. Uh, I still think it's more about players, like I mentioned. Whatever else happened on Sunday, they had a 10-7 lead and uh, and and couldn't close it out. That part is not on uh, on the manager. Other parts certainly are. So. Uh, we'll save that for another, you know, show or twenty uh, down the road. Here's where I think we are with uh, with Andy Green, and, and the reason that I'll even uh, reluctantly uh, go down this road just for a, a minute is it is. I mean, we're up to dozens of emails a day now, right? <laughs> Andy Green is they're during game, they're right after game, they're when I wake up in the morning. A couple are waiting um, that that people want to talk about Andy Green. One suggestion the other day was Joe Torrey, and my, I, my, I, 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 I hate to respond to a. I'm just going to. I bring that up for uh, because there's also Joe Madden and Joe Girardi and basically anybody but Andy Green. I saw I Mike. I, I did see Mike Sosha as well. Mike Sosha. Yeah. Oh, yep, yep, yep. Mike Sosha. There's another one. Um, I bring up the Joe Torrey one is uh, because it reminded me when you said you don't know if he's a good manager, or bad manager. I'm positive Joe Torrey was a fantastic manager. I'm positive Joe Torrey was also the right manager of the Yankees in New York at the time. It takes a special man to manage in New York. Um, my goodness, he had a lot of good players. <laughs> How good of a manager was Joe Torrey? I just, I, I, you know. Um, so, I've said that all that, along that, with Bruce Bochy. Bruce Bochy's going to be in the Hall of Fame with a sub-500 regular season record. And everybody thinks, now everybody didn't think Bruce, Bruce Bochy was a great manager when he was with the Padres, but everybody thinks he's a great manager when he left. And, Supposedly, and, Mickey Callaway was upset at a writer in New York who said, see you tomorrow, Mickey, because Mickey thought he was losing his job. Right. The Mets are like 17-5 and five over their last like 22 <laughs> games or something, and now they have a rotation that they'd be idiotic to trade anybody from. Um, like, the, the Mets, I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous, Jay. All right, that's enough. Anyway, I, I could go forever. Let's, I think... <laughs> The idea of spending most of our time talking about players today was the right idea because that ultimately, was the way to go. ultimately, that's what uh, that's to me that's what wins and loses more games than anything else is uh, is the talent you have. So anyway, enjoy uh, enjoy your time the next couple days, and I know you will be back at Petco Park on Thursday for a four game series uh, against the Rockies. What a showdown that will be! And uh, with the, Rock- the battle, remember when that was like a battle for second place? I know, I know. And the the Rockies <laughs> have been, right, and the Rockies have been a uh, uh, you know got to the wild card game the last couple of years, and now this year 
suddenly. Oh, who's their manager? I was going to say suddenly oh, wait, they sorry. suddenly that guy must not be able to manage anymore because they're terrible. So anyway, we need to cut this off before we go any further down that rabbit hole, and we will talk to everyone on Thursday. You don't want to talk about umpires today? Okay, okay, we gotta go. <laughs>